Watch the headbutts and elbows. No rabbit punches, no low blows. This will not be a clean fight, so protect yourself at all times. The underdogs are coming for the throne. This is the B-Sides Boxing Podcast. All right, welcome back to B-Sides Boxing. Join today, RG and Drip. You may remember Drip from our inaugural side piece. I didn't cut in the poly clip that I wanted to. I completely forgot about it. Bro, this is why white people don't watch boxing anymore, bro. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a uh, lot to ca- well, not too much to catch up on. I think we're good from the 13th, and then we'll work our way up to this coming weekend on the 27th. And if can I can I just say can I just say like the idea that Polly thinks that like a casual white fan is going to be like. Which, to be fair, I mean, if you're, like, a Rogan guy, maybe that you will kind of fit that mold. It's kind of who I'm going to to a lot of the times. But, like, the idea that, like, white... Danger Zone. Oh, man. That's a great way to start a fucking boxing yeah, show. Yeah, what a way to kick it off, honestly. <laughs> we are breaking into the tears of white people. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna get to the uh, the tears portion in a bit. We all Italians on the bottom. But uh, I want to start with Ryan Garcia. He's headed to Camp Derek James, which it really seems like Derek James is amassing. Is he is he doing the same thing like Eddie Reynoso, where he's c- collecting yeah. a bunch of fighters, but he's not gonna have enough time for everyone? I was just gonna say he's like Reynoso 2.0. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. Like he's just kind of like the the fight. Trainer of the year. Like right. everyone just thinks, if I have problems, I'll just go to Derek James. No fucking, you know, he's the mirror. <laughs> it's like, but really, the two fighters he's had the most success with, he's worked with for like years. Like he's worked with Spence since he's a teenager. He's worked with Jamel for what, like six years, probably. Quite a while. Yeah, it's like these are long-term guys, so we'll see what happens. It's like back in the day when like Amir Khan went to Virgil Hunter because he wanted to learn defense. It's like a day. <laughs> Unless he's Andre Ward's brain, he's not gonna be able to teach you that shit. But hey, one good advantage, they both speak the same language, which is a great, huge advantage. It helps. Yeah. I always thought that was so odd. People are like, yeah, his dad will translate. I just don't feel like that's very practical. It's not. Like Pacquiao with Freddie Roach, Boo Boy ended up doing all the fucking coaching. Like, he's spouting off in Tagalog while Freddie Roach is just like, we need the knockout, son. Yeah. It just takes time for it to compute. Like uh, Pacquiao, he can if you if he has like a calm environment, not a lot of pressure, he can speak English really well. But like high stakes, every single millisecond counts. We don't have time to be waiting for Freddie Roach to try to get something out, for Pacquiao to try to process it, and then I don't know. It, that's yeah. it's not a practical way to to coach. I, mean, I think that's that's how like Canelo. Usyk and Lamar too like just their English is okay like they can speak English and understand it but like during pressers where it's like just a high paced environment they have to have like Aegis or like someone else translate it yeah 
But, but real quick to go back to Garcia joining Derek James, I don't think Derek James is gonna fix Ryan's biggest problem, and that's just I don't think Garcia has his heart in it. I feel like after he got dropped in the second round by Tank, those next few rounds he was just lost in there, just trying to stay alive. What can Derek James really fix on Garcia with that? Might be the same thing with uh, Anthony Joshua. Like yeah, it's it's a heart issue, not like a skill issue. Who knows? Maybe Derek James has that kind of like drill instructor, drill sergeant kind of thing where you can whip him into shape, like as far as his personality goes. I hope so, because if we see one more fight with AJ getting cracked once, and just going like, <laughs> and just and just like folding to, to full bitch mode, I'm, I'm gonna lose my mind, dude. Yeah, I think it's a good pairing, though. I keep saying this to everyone who considers Derek James. Like, okay, yes, he's obviously really good with Spence and Jermel, but everyone's ignoring that before he kind of had a meltdown Jermall Charlo was also doing pretty well so like Ronnie Shields not a bad not a bad pick either he's just down the street <laughs> and he's got nobody, time I don't know why nobody ever picks Ronnie I know AJ was talking about it he, he visited him yeah he did. I don't even know who works with Ronnie anymore Jamal I guess that's about it that I know of anyway I think AB was a couple years ago it might be somebody else I'm thinking of though yeah, I think Jamal was like his <clears throat> top guy. Yeah, so I think I think I think him and Jamal both used to train with Ronnie, and then Jamal went to Derek James. I thought they Jamal so. was with Derek James, and he left for Ronnie Shields. That might be it. Yeah, it might be the other way around. Either way, the the brothers split up, and yeah, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> Just so I can get some fucking alone time. Uh, yeah. Jamal seems to have needed it a bit. Okay, let's get into the recaps. On May 13th, there were two cards. The top-ranked card in Stockton. Not a whole lot going on here. Uh, Johnny Beck, Alim Kanuli, he gets KO2 over Steven. Who the fuck is Butler? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've made this joke before, but the minute you said the card is in Stockton, I think we pretty much realized what we were going to get. Yeah, it's it's not a not a whole lot going on here. Steven Butler, the only thing is Jack Reese, I think he wants a fucking body on his record, because Steven Butler, from the first knockdown, that guy was fucking done. All right, he was uh, wobbling around, he could barely, pick, he had trouble picking his hands up, and then Jack Reese lets him continue and get battered, two more knockdowns, and then eventually stopped. It's, it's j- typical Jack Reese, he's going to do what he does. And uh, co-main... Uh, Jason Baloney versus Vincent Astrolabio. <laughs> this was the vacant 118 title. He got the job done. Um, Astrolabio was all right, I guess. But it was just weird that one of the <clears throat> cards came out of draw. <clears throat> all right. Uh, in Vegas at the Chelsea Ballroom uh, at the Cosmo. I'm going to start from the bottom on this one. Kenneth Sims gets the majority decision over uh, Batir Akhmedov. Uh, what was this? This was a WBA 140 Eliminator. It was a really close fight, if I recall correctly, but one of the cards had was 8-4 to four for Sims, which, like, recurring theme here. Just something that I remembered. Uh, and Francis Bartholomew... Uh, whatever. Apparently, Bartholomew's getting a shot at Subriel Matias, so rest in peace, Francis. All right, the fucking now meat. The hot take. Yeah, the meat of the dish. Uh, Rolando Romero gets a stoppage in what nine over Ismael Barroso, who was the number one contender for Pueyo's WBA 140 title. 
Pueyo pisses hot. Ismael and, and uh, Romero get uh, get a crack at the title between each other until Pueyo f- figures his life out. All right. If you know what Barroso looks like, uh, <laughs> he certainly looks considerably older than 40. Nonetheless, uh, he did a, to try to use like old timer phrasing. Like he really gave that whippersnapper what for? Like I think he knocked down Romero twice, was it, or one of them was ruled a slip or something? But, I know Romero went down once. Yeah, for sure. for sure. And he was eating like left hands all fight. It was that was not even close. Like that would have been a fucking wide decision if it was scored objectively. But Tony Weeks steps in to stop the fight Romero landed like one punch Barroso kind of went back to the ropes Raleigh starts swinging and on replay you can see he doesn't land a single fucking punch and is actively swinging back and Tony Weeks steps in and stops it for Romero yeah I saw the uh the slow-mo video of it and yeah I mean Raleigh's just fucking hitting opportunity in air yeah that that was definitely one of the worst stoppages i've seen like in my entire Terrible. life in my entire life like um what was uh meldrick taylor and uh jcc senior mm-hmm. that uh last 10 seconds uh taylor gets stopped by the ref like and i t- growing up like jcc was like superman to me and even like looking back on it i'm like god that was why would you Man, that just really takes the air out of it. So one thing I saw was like, I guess someone was not trying to defend the stoppage, but they were saying like, from Tony Weeks' point of view, all you could see was like Romero's back and that he was throwing punches. So I guess you couldn't see Barroso throwing back, which is kind of a shit take because like Weeks could have set it aside and saw everything. But yeah, all in all, it's shit stoppage, which I'm surprised because like, they're not like pushing for like a rematch or anything or just there's nothing really going about that just they took the l and that's it barroso was saying it like i think if i recall correctly in the post fight he wasn't he did he was obviously upset but he didn't really seem fired up as as it which is to say like he didn't seem he was gonna try to take it further to get it overturned or anything like that unlike team lomo yeah i had it here barroso's the people's champion because yeah definitely because he beat romero's ass and he was legitimately robbed, actually robbed, not the bullshit that we saw, or the bullshit that people are saying about uh, May 20th. Which, speaking of, in Dublin, Ireland, Chantal Cameron <laughs> gets the majority decision over Katie Taylor. This was uh, undisputed versus undisputed, so take that for what you will. But uh, Katie Taylor takes her first L, and it looks like they're gonna be pursuing a rematch there. So that should that be fun. That was a banger. Yeah, the fight was, was really banger. fun. So that's pretty cool. Gary Coley, another <clears throat> matchroom guy, gets his ass beat by a Mexican fighter. Jose Felix <laughs> stops him in three. And that that was looked like a legitimate David versus Goliath because Gary Coley is tall as fuck. And Jose Felix looked pretty small. That was cool, though. All right. Uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena. <laughs> Wait, I just realized, isn't it Gary Coley's like alias, the Diva? Yes. Yeah, yes, it that is. is definitely, that is a strange one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, mate, let him do his thing. But I just remembered that. I was like, oh, that's definitely a strange alias. 
Alright, just so we have to uh, spend more time on the main event, let's go bottom up real quick. I am a big fan of Abdullah Mason, so I wanted to mention him. Mm-hmm. He gets a stoppage in six. Nico, I, I missed the Mason fight. I had to rewatch it, but uh, or watch a replay. Nico mm-hmm. Ali Walsh gets a split draw with Danny Rosenberger. I think I came in around like round two or three, and it didn't look like Nico was doing very well. Is that the case? I, was is he did he I, do as bad as I was watching or as I was thinking? I missked that fight, so I only got like a hot take of the small highlights. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to gauge because, like, I guess how good is Nico anyway? I don't know if you know this, but he's uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson. So I didn't know that. So he guess he's got big shoes to fill. But I mean, I guess it's hard to gauge. Like, what was his best performance compared to this one? Uh, he's he's been pretty middling his entire career, to be honest with you. Right. They lean Sorry. on that uh, Ali card heavy because that's pretty much all they got. Keep it real, like I guess without like that um being grandfathered in, he'd kind of be just a very very low tier. I mean, he kind of is now just a low tier fighter. Yeah, RG, you're uh, you got anything to you got any shit to throw on uh, Nico? I didn't see any of these spots except for the main event. I'll be honest. All right, I was at work. Then let's press on. Oscar Valdez looks pretty middling, dude. I. I'm not a fan of Valdez. Like, I just don't see the hype around him. Hot take on that one, but I just don't see the hype around Valdez. I think most people kind of feel that way, to be honest. He just had a lot of disappointing performances in his career. Yeah, the only time he wasn't disappointed, he killed yeah. Richel, but uh, Like, he, the first time he fought Lopez, he looked like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, just shit performances. Didn't he, like, piss hot one time also? Like, last year or two years ago? Yeah. Who's the guy that broke his jaw? Do you remember uh, Leo? Scott Quigg. Yeah, Scott Quigg. got his jaw broken by Scott Quigg back in the day. I don't know. He's just had a lot of pretty shitty performances. He's definitely got talent, but not much of a brain. And then Shakur fucking dismantled him. (laughs) Yeah, that that was always a pretty obvious outcome. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't expect him to look as pedestrian as he did, though. I think yeah. that might be part of the trouble. Is he, I, I was expecting him to at least put up a decent fight, but he was just completely lost against Shakur. I mean, I have listed. I put a link in here to the divisional rankings that I put out, uh, mm-hmm. which is which at the top it says if you got a fucking problem, my contact info is at the bottom. I'm mm-hmm. waiting to hear from you, but I don't even I don't have him listed in the top five. I got Hector Garcia. Oshaki Foster, Joe Cordina, uh, Navarrete. I don't really like him, but I mean, can't. I guess you kind of can't deny it a little bit. And then uh, I got Shavkat Rakimov at number five, despite Valdez him coming off a loss to Cordina. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, he looked better in his loss against Cordina than Valdez looked in this win over Adam Lopez. That's just my take I, on him. I, I could rock with that actually. It's unfortunate, but. Uh, Valdez, I don't know. I should have, I should have seen the writing on the wall. He, I was, I went down to Tucson to cover one of his fights against uh, Genesis Cervania, and he got rocked hard and put down, uh, like towards the end of the fight. I'm like, man, you're having trouble with Genesis Cervania. There's something going on here, and it's not good. <sighs> but if nothing more on Valdez, then we can move on to uh, just a BRT fighter. Yeah, Raymond Moratia gets a stoppage over Jeremiah Nakatilla. Mm. I hadn't seen much of Moratia before this, so I can't really speak to him. Yeah, 
Um, Not me either. But there you go. It was a fun stoppage, so if you want to watch that, watch that. Now, danger close missile from Junto Nakatani to stop Andrew Maloney in the last round, I think in the last like minute, mm-hmm. to, to claim the vacant 115 title in the WBO. And yeah, that was a fun fight. Uh, Maloney, super, super tough, very spirited, ton of heart, all the, you know, all the cliches. Bro, <laughs> the way he went down, yes, though, yes. it's just he fucking folded. I was trying to think of the uh, like a a softer way to put it. Like, I legitimately, I was, like, scared for him. Like, he just, the way the camera was, the, the angle the camera had on him laid out, it looked bad. Like, his his face was all fucked up and bloody and he was twitching too i'm pretty sure he's not he's not moving he was twitching and then he just like stops moving and like jesus not like this like i I didn't want to see this Uh, yeah i would like to avoid seeing a man get beaten to death if i can just not on my bucket list of things to do but uh nakatani 115 is it that maloney is like hot garbage or like is Nakatani a legitimate threat? Uh I wanna say mix of both, honestly. I won't say Maloney's hot garbage. Will I say he's like a pressing matter? No. I think also Nakatani kinda just timed that punch very well. It looked like it was a, just a looping overhand left. He's had up with two jabs. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah, that, that's right. That's yeah, just a bit of mix of like Maloney not being the best. Nakatani just got I don't wanna say a lucky punch, but just timed it very well. Yeah. I mean like the Right hand, left hand situation played out in other fights as well. Mm-hmm. So this was just another, uh, just another example of how the southpaw or- orthodox, like your your strong hand's gonna, it's gonna find a home if you're not a fucking moron, which Nakatani <laughs> does not seem to be. Nah, he, I think he was gonna win that fight regardless, even on the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Think, uh, Maloney was getting yeah. his ass beat. Yeah, but you know what? He showed up to fight though. Maloney didn't quit. He kept pushing the issue. So. God give us props. That was one. Of, this was one of those ones. Like I want to say about round ten is where I started asking the question. Like, is this one of those cases where Maloney's corner should pull him out? The dude's way behind. He's getting cracked clean by Junto's left. What what more do we need to see here? That's actually like I feel like a good topic conversation for like later, even possibly. It's kind of like at what point should like your corner pull you out? I keep saying it. I'm not going to stop saying it. Uh, like Kevin Cunningham pulling out Erickson Lubin against Sebastian Fundora. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like that maybe could have done it like a round sooner, but nonetheless, like Lubin was getting his ass beat. It doesn't matter like how like your pride, your the, your fighter's pride, it doesn't matter. Like that's what you're here for. Is you're supposed to stop you're supposed to prevent situations like David Morrell versus Gerbunusli. Uh, the, the Kazakh guy that is thankfully he's doing well he's, he, he yeah. seems to be doing better but I really think that there's going to be a lot of hesitation to get back in the ring just my, I mean, my I, take on it if I have like an ending KO like that in my career where like I'm just hospitalized at that point I'm just going to retire bro it's just not worth it yeah that was fucking yeah. scary so I didn't um Gabriel's Isles corner pull him out of the triple G fight like, uh, he was just getting battered or was it a stoppage? I don't remember. It was so Either long the ago, ref, but... the ref, or the corner did it. But uh, it was because he was getting beat the hell up. The ref 
wanted his eye checked by the doctor, and the doctor was saying like, "This is really bad." Uh, and then Rosado's like, "Hey, this is a this is a world championship fight, man. Like, what? You can't do this to me." And the doctor's like, "I don't care. I don't care if this is a championship fight. Like, you are getting your ass kicked." Yeah, that was bad, dude. He got the shit kicked out of him. Uh, I think that's... Golovkin's white gloves, shoes, and and trunks were pink. Ugh. I think uh, didn't know uh, Kel Brooks corner throw on a towel too. I want to say against um, Spence. Nah, Triple G. Also, oh yeah, sure. yeah. He got his uh, orbitals busted. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, Triple G got one eye. Spence got the other. <laughs> dude, that's fucking yeah. That's, Kel Brook, bro. That's pretty rough. <laughs> Just retire, my dude. Yeah, I think he did, but. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad Maloney's doing all right, because that was a scary KO. Uh, congrats to Nakatani. We will watch your career with great interest. Okay, the now the meat of this dish. Devin Haney, the undisputed lightweight champion, gets a unanimous decision win over Vasil Lomachenko. The scores were were thus. Uh, Cheatham had it 115-113, Sutherland 115-113, and Dave Moretti 116-112. I did a little poll for, in uh, Discord, our, just the regulars, and it was uh, 6 for Haney, 6 for Loma, 2 seeing a draw. So that... I personally saw a draw as well. Um, I'm not fussed either way about the, about the the result i wouldn't have been fussed because that those both of them put on really good performances that was something that was a level of haney i hadn't seen before and i was really glad i was there for it yeah i would also be okay with the draw or or loma win i yeah. just don't think haney did enough like mm. i feel like he was just in a first gear the whole fight i mean granted he picked it up at some points but he never took advantage of it while meanwhile Loma cracked him a few times, had him on, looked like some wobbly legs. Towards the and end, yeah. Gr- yeah, granted, Loma, for some odd reason, likes to take the 12th round off. You know, God bless his soul. But <laughs> That was his I undoing, if, yeah, I if think, nothing else. I think the fight started off close, but as it went on, I think the margin got wider with Loma taking it. So I would have been okay with the draw. I would have saw that. But I just don't personally think Haney did enough to secure a victory. RG, where are you at here? I just thought Loma when he fights like good lightweights he just doesn't do his thing you know he's, he wastes a lot of time and uh, you know Radley will always use the word downloading but to me it looked like not throwing no fucking punches which is pretty much like losing rounds in boxing as far as I know and Loma spent a lot of time not throwing no damn punches you know I think he was trying to steal rounds with flurries it worked sometimes it didn't work other times here's the issue he did throw flurries towards the end of the rounds, and yeah, they weren't landing at all, but the crowd was excited for him. Yeah, they weren't. It wasn't clear that they were landing. Maybe some of them were, some of them weren't, you know. I think it's a guy like Haney. He fucking is, like, really squirrely and moves around all the time, so it's really hard to tell if you're hitting him or not, you know? Mm-hmm. He's whipping his head all over the fucking place regardless. The issue with that strategy is it's hard to, like, string consistent rounds together, in my opinion. Like, if you – on my card, I had it, it 7-5 to Haney. I did not give Loma back-to-back rounds until 10-11. He would just steal around and then lose one, steal one, lose two, steal one, lose two. He just wasn't putting them together. You know, I think he would just kept stealing rounds. He wasn't, he wasn't taking the initiative enough, in my opinion. 
I think it was way too reactionary. I mean, not to say it wasn't a close fight and that you couldn't ever possibly score it to Loma or a draw. Like, those those are definitely possibilities. But just in my opinion, I think he just kind of blew it. He just doesn't really leave it all out there. Like, okay, that 12th round, that was bullshit. Dude, he did not take the 12th round off. That motherfucker was gassed. He threw by far the most punches he had in round 10 and 11. Round 12, he was gassed. He lost the round. You know, which is like yeah. if you blow the first half of the fight, which most people agree, he pretty much blew the first half of the fight. I mean, Haney was probably up 4-2 at that point. And then you, quote unquote, take off the last round. I mean, there's like five rounds gone right off the bat. His game plan has always been just so funky because it's like, like you said, it's never consistent because he went to T.O. fight. Same shit. First half of the fight did not a fucking thing. Literal to pick it entire up. first half. Nothing. Yeah, start to pick, start to pick it up round seven through 11, 12th, just either took it off or just didn't care enough thought he won and it just seems like this is his game plan every single time start slow steal some rounds in the middle take a round or two off towards the end and just try to kick into high like maximum overdrive i gave up like round by round scoring it's been a while mm -hmm. at least at least a year but if not longer i i keep it as more of general feeling of how it's going uh and by like in this case this was a fight of thirds where the first first four were to me were pretty pretty even like you could give rounds to both guys the middle Lomachenko turned it up and then towards the end he or wait Haney turned it up in the middle and then Lomachenko almost closed the show but he didn't he definitely did that last round was uh I, he was really banking on the stoppage there i think in in 10 or 11 and when he didn't get it he blew his load pause <laughs> the one thing i noticed that haney didn't really throw a lot of combinations he threw to the body here and there yeah but like he never really doubled up anything to any like straights or with a hook or anything just straight jabs a couple body shots and that's it and that's kind of my problem with it too it's like did Haney really do enough to win just off a couple of jabs and body shots? I mean, clearly he did, but that was kind of my problem with it. Like I said, it looked like he was in first gear the whole fight, just picking off late counters. <clears throat> he got some good hits in there, don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of the fight he won because they were just hyping up his body work, which didn't seem to bother Loma too much. Maybe towards the end it did, but I just don't think Haney did enough. And with that performance, it makes me question, like, is someone like Shakur or Tank gonna just pulverize him it's interesting how this fight has just turned Haney into like the villain the, 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 <laughs> it sure has heel. <laughs> yeah, like, even reddit who like obviously despise like all these five tankers especially I guess they've kind of uh, grown on Shakur a little bit but dude they're all like oh Tank's gonna murder him Tank in one Tank you know Tank KO it's like damn if you get redditors to support Tank like you were you got some hate yeah <laughs> dude for real you really do <laughs> Tank is one of the ones that Reddit fucking hates for no reason. Yeah. Outside of the ring stuff, whatever. And part of the tragedy of like Devin Haney is it is just impossible for this fucking guy to get credit. Like regardless of what you think about it. Because it's like, okay, tried to fight Loma in 2019, goes through the mandatory thing. Loma opts to fight Tiafimo, so he gets the, you know, quote unquote email championship. And that's his label for all this fucking time. Then it's like, you know, he tries to fight Tiafimo or whoever. Tifimo lose to Cambosis. He beats Cambosis. Everybody's like, ah, oh, easy, undisputed ever. Which is true. It was a completely <laughs> dog shit opponent. But still, it's like, oh, you ain't fought nobody legit. Fight Loma. Fights Loma, close decision. Ah, oh, Robert, you're not legit. It's like, this fucking guy just cannot possibly get credit. Like, either way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think if you beat Loma, like, more convincingly, 
people would give him his credit. But, I mean, there's still, like, almost a week out, still controversies going on. Yeah, I think it's just the idea that, like, a lot of people have that, like, Loma deserves to win. You know? Yeah, like, that's, yeah that's what that's it is. Definitely, the Loma privilege. Yeah. And even if going into the fight, like, he deserves to win it because he hasn't, that's been his goal. He hasn't been undisputed. He kind of blew it versus Tiafimo. You know, this is his big shot again. So he does because he doesn't, Loma's one of those guys that doesn't really have a hallmark win. Like, he doesn't really have that one where you're like, that was the peak. Like, what are you going to say? It was Gary Russell's third fight. That was his peak. And it's been downhill since there. Like, <laughs> like I think a lot of people wanted this to be the defining win, and it's just, it wasn't, you know. But I think that's part of where the a lot of the outrage comes from. Yeah, I mean, we can all agree, like, keep it a being, like, T.O.P.M.O. beat him fair and square. That was pretty convincing. Like, maybe, maybe you could edge that one to draw, too. But I'm going to say T.O.P.M.O. beat him pretty convincingly just countered him all night took away his angles whereas I feel like Devin Haney it wasn't that convincing I just wasn't sold in that win and no hit against Devin like I think he's a very skilled boxer but one thing about Devin he is like incredibly I don't know if smart is the word or lucky is the word it's, it's I think it's a combination of both <laughs> with his crew management this dude is like he, okay he has all the belts and he's a free agent at a top rank when does that ever happen you know what I mean all right like, all the fights rigged for Haney dude they have Loma on like a lifetime contract. Loma's gonna be like 85 doing top rank commercials. He's gonna. <laughs> Haney is dumb. Like Paulie was talking about, oh, they re-signed him. That's total bullshit. The Bell and Haney both says not true. He's a free agent. I saw actually that uh, an article that looks like Earn with Hearn is gonna try to pick up Haney, but apparently Haney's too expensive. Yeah, I don't know that he can afford that anymore. I mean, Haney made his guarantee was four million. The when fight. he was first with Matchroom. Yeah, he was first in that room, and his guarantee was like three million, two, two three million, which is already insane. I just don't think they could, because I think the issue is the reason, part of the reason he went to top rank is because they were gonna have to give him pay cuts. You know, I think that was part of the, the issue. They couldn't right. So I don't know if they would be able to afford it now that he's undisputed and wants more money. Yeah, it sounds like Eddie Hearn made him Haney expensive, like just the product of his own environment, I guess. Like Haney, I think Haney is like, and his dad are like pretty smart in terms of like not, like if you like, okay, complete opposite ends of the spectrum, like Devin Haney and like Terrence Crawford, okay? Like Terrence Crawford, 30, third, you know, division he's been champion in, making the same guarantee as Devin Haney when he's 21. Like just how different, like I think a guy like Haney is very in terms of like, you know, just the logics of making fights, making money. I think it'll probably be tanked next. I mean, if it, He's a true free agent. I mean, shit. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, Devin Haney is succeeding where TFMO failed, where Tio was trying to sell himself so high and it just didn't work. Whereas now Devin is worth very high amounts of money. Yes, yeah, the thing. It's like Devin, despite not really being like, it's not that he has no fans. He, he does decent enough gates, like, you know, decent crowds show up. People talk about mm -hmm. the fight. But he doesn't really have like a tank fan base. Yeah. Or a Ryan fan. You know, so the fact that he's been able to make. The amount of money he has and, and race his value so high despite that is like really impressive honestly almost no one thinks haney is the guy you are not the guy you're not capable of being the guy you know yeah like people either shakur or it's like tank pretty much everyone is gonna pick you, one of those two i was gonna say like i don't think haney's the guy either yeah me either <laughs> as good as he is like that's please that's not that's me disparaging him yeah that's why it's impressive that he's been able to come i do think though i mean i would never pick him but I think there's like a non-zero chance he can win against like Tank. I just feel like no one, he hasn't, I feel like Tank has never really fought someone like Haney, really. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would pick Tank Knockout. Like if I had to put money down, that's that's where I'm going. But I think people would say he has zero chance. Well, if they fight like 10 times, I think Haney would win at least once, you know? 
I don't think he has no chance. Yeah, I don't give him no chance. I give him a chance. I'll put it that way. But <laughs> I just think Tank takes all the way. Yeah, because he does get, you know, looked pretty often. It's always like at the same point, you know. He, he pretty well, much always gets caught at the same point in the fight, like 10, 11. It's always around there. Well, actually, I mean, I guess that brings the next question of if Tank and Devin do fight, you know, is there going to be like a hydration clause like there was with everybody else? Because, I mean, Haney oh. seemed like he was pretty massive and Tank's, what, like yeah. five foot three? I don't think so in that case. Just because Haney, it would be like a 50-50 split. I think they would take that. Maybe it's slightly in Tank's favor. I don't think that would be a deal breaker for Haney. But I think mm-hmm. no regression clause would be like a huge thing for Haney's kind. Yeah, definitely. Been like, hey, listen, I got all the belts. I'm coming over here. I'm accepting whatever split. No rehydration clause, like, period. Yeah, give and take. Mm. So I guess it makes me wonder, like, how that fight will play out, like, Haney versus Tank. Yeah, that's, uh, as we move on with this, I want to stay with Haney and Lomachenko, but, like, what are the next possibilities for Haney now? Tank and Shakur, uh, obviously, right? Think... Those are the two that everybody wants. Yeah. I just don't think oh. it's Shakur. I just don't think Top Rank will be able to get him back into that ecosystem. I think he's just smart enough to realize, dude, I'm going to make so much more money if I fight Tank. And if I win, dude, massive for my career. Could even retire on that. Yeah, which I don't think. I think he Tank would be around. I don't think he will, but he could. Yeah, I think yeah, either Tank and Shakur next, but or or does he duck them, vacate, and go to 140? I think the only way he would go to 140 is if he was on a top rank. Because he'd be going for the TFM Taylor. Yeah. You know? I just don't. I mean, if, dude, if they, if they, if top rank manages to re sign because it does not seem like Devin is particularly happy with top rank and the way they're framing the fight, that would yeah, be didn't very. He, yeah, didn't he call Bob like a racist or some shit? <laughs> he, he said he was like old and blind or something. He said he was like sleeping during the fight. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It's not yeah. news that uh, Bob Arum and uh, promoting. Like promoting black fighters is not his forte. Yeah, it's just so obvious. Like what you can tell the future by just the way like Top Rank behaves. Because like it's very clear that Haney's gone, and they're gonna frame it as well. It was kind of weird. Like you know, Haney probably shouldn't have won it. Loma's kind of the real champion, and they're gonna do Loma Shakur. Like very obvious, very obvious from Top Rank. I mean, that's why they had Shakur in there two seconds after Loma won the fight. Loma clearly won. You know all that. Ooh, Loma Shakur next. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's a little, it's the sheen gets more and more like, you know, with every loss, kind of, well, now that it's after Haney, it's not really as, as impressive. It's kind of like every, I mean, I feel like Shakur would be a pretty heavy favorite if they made that fight. I read an yeah, article I mean, that said Lomachenko hasn't been beaten, like technically, if you really look <laughs> at it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking grasping of straws is insane. Yeah. The videos are already coming out, like the half speed, uh, volume down, uh, highlighting every, like if Lomachenko breathes on Devin Haney, like they're scoring that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Same thing like Pacquiao Mayweather. Come on, man. He lost, dude. (laughs) Just get over it. I think Loma should just, honestly, like I mean it's like sincerely, I think he should just take his career and retire man because like what's he gonna do next like fight three or more four three or four more fights they like earn that title shot again or are they gonna get that turnover and get, make your number one for a rematch if not it's like dude just retire right after the sunset you made your money you made your impact on boxing just take it and go 
I think a pretty likely comeback would be Cambosis, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I had I just mentioned very, that the that night just, of. That just seems like such a top-ranked fight, Lomachenko, Cambosis. Dude, I, I would 100% that'd be like a comedic relief. That would be comedic relief at its best. <laughs> it just seems they've got, oh, you know, two former unified champions, you know. Yakety Sax is the only song they're allowed to come out to. Nothing else. Dude, if we see a fucking, like, 40-year-old Loma trying for Undisputed again, I might just, like, throw an apple on my TV. I think I think he'll fight for another, like, two years. How old is he now? 34, 35? 35 or 36, I think. He's pushing it. He's going to rematch Orlando Salido. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that never happened. It is. Battle the, battle the Top- Ballbusters. Yep. Topper was not trying to pay no money. Yeah, Salido... That that's one of my favorite ones to, like. There's so many like Lomachenko. Uh, it's almost like uh, hero worship. That like uh, RG, you were saying like, oh, he deserves this. This is he deserves this. Like, no, the fuck he does not. He's got to earn it. Uh, yeah, dude, that Loma privilege. He didn't deserve to win a world title in his second fight. He has to fucking earn it. And before you like, I, every time if you come at me with low blows, I'm gonna say. If the ref's not calling it, then it's then it's legal. You do it too. That's it. The thing is that boxing is one of the few sports where you're allowed to just punch a motherfucker in the mouth. You know what I mean? Like it, it's actively encouraged. So if somebody does that, you have the option of punching that motherfucker in the mouth. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing about cheating. Okay. It's just I, like there's really no recourse for like you know the noble loser. Nobody cares really. Mm-hmm. Like. Nobody really cares. And anybody who does care is going to seem like a crybaby. Pretty much. Lomachenko so fans, you mean? Yeah, like, you're just going to seem very bitter. You know? The fact you kind of got out hustled. Which is really what it comes down to a lot of times. Like, bro, it's a dirty game. You know? You could die out there. It's a little tap for the balls. In terms of the worst things you could do to somebody. Not that hot. You know, not that hot. Kovalev fans against Andre Ward. Exactly. It's like, dude. Hey, if you you if you don't know the game, my man, no, you deserve to lose. This little elbow comes over. Listen, you should have seen that coming. I don't have to tell you. Know your own. You know Dude, what I mean? It, it's so true though, because like when I was boxing, like all my coaches I've had, they would all say things like, "Sometimes you gotta make it a dirty fight when you're in the pocket. Just maybe slide an elbow through or something." But yeah, just nobody really cares about the guy who like follows all the rules all the time. And nobody gives a shit. Yeah, bro. I mean, like you said, you could die in there. So fuck it. Like if it's gonna be a dirty fight, I'll make it a dirty fight. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like Hopkins, for example. Like, okay, some people, like, you know, label him a cheater. But it's like, it worked, didn't it? Like, if he didn't, if he didn't fight that way, what would his legacy be? Didn't Loma, like, hip toss Haney at one point to the fight? <laughs> there was, it was something weird, for sure. And yeah. then Haney kind of, like, gets down on his shoulders, kind of, like, forced him down. It, it was definitely got a little physical at times. I think as the, fr- the frustration was building, that's when... Lomachenko started doing like dirty shit, like throw him, okay, get him off, his, get him off his feet, and make him spend his energy getting back up. That's the thing with Haney. It's like he's just so, especially compared to Loma, he's just so tall and long. I mean, he can just wrap his arms around. Him. Yeah, he's really like, physically imposing. That's what he does, even if he has no power on the inside. It's like I mean, there's an interview where Tony Bellew is talking about how like he hugged Deontay Wilder, and he said it felt like he was getting hugged by a seven foot tall cricket. It's like I'm mean, asking, like when Haney would just wrap Lomo, you know, he couldn't really do anything with it. A seven foot tall cricket? 
Thanks, that's, that's, that's that that choice of words is crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Or did he uh, say Mister? Or maybe maybe he said Mister Cricket. I don't know if Mister Cricket's a character. <laughs> some kind J- of cricket. Jiminy though. Cricket. Dude, that Ooh. choice of words is just insane. I'm really I'm really curious what he means by cricket. Like what? <laughs> oh, we'll Tony Bell you from from Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, definitely Liverpool. comment. Yeah, uh. <laughs> you know, cricket. A cricket has those long ass arms. You know? Yeah, that's what I was that, thinking. It was the, like the hind legs are really, really powerful. It's very, right. it's a very hard comparison, but yeah, because he said he hugged him and like his arms like wrapped all the way around. You know, he said he was like tickling his ears, which I'm just gonna assume. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Bothers on that freak shit. Yeah, but it was like one of the one of the funniest Bowie moments of all time for sure. I was able to find that shit. I'll throw it in the chat. That mention of uh, Wilder tickling his, his uh, Bellew's ears reminds me of this video of a NBA like sports reporter or whatever. He's on the court. He has a beard, and then Shaq walks up behind him and then like caresses his beard. But Shaq is so fucking big that you can't like from his chest up, you can't see him. And so it's just this giant hand coming in out of nowhere. And, rubbing this dude's face. That's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, I don't like that. That's fucking spooky. Like, that would freak me out if somebody did that to me. All right, anything more on Haney Lomachenko? Because, like, we're we're thinking Haney is going to look for maximum cash, which is probably tank. Lomachenko needs something uh, to avoid going back to the Ukrainian front, and looks like Cambosos is going to be it. Uh, that sums it up pretty well, honestly. Yeah. That was another reason that people were saying that Lomachenko deserves it, because of the, the war in Ukraine. Like, how, yeah, how, what the fuck's that? What, what's that got to do with boxing, though? Like, how are you going to rob somebody whose country is being, you know, pillaged? I think it's just players from, like, these, like, baseless, soulless entities try to, like, I don't know. They try to, like, impose, like, real life positive. Like, the WBA won't, what is it? They won't, like, um, sanction, like, a Bavol to fight with Terbiev. Yeah. It's like they're both from Russia from russia what the fuck are we talking about like what like what is that like what well, i don't kyrgyzstani what the fuck is this uh, i think it's just because Bavol does not have a u.s citizenship but Terbiev does have a canadian citizenship so they count uh. him as canadian hey quick uh quick game look up Baturbiev kadyrov and just see how many different pictures there are try and find me a picture of fucking Bavol and kadyrov i bet you can't Bavol just chills in riverside or wherever the fuck india wherever the fuck india trains out of has, has a good time I don't know where Riverside is. Is that where Zang lives? I can't remember. <laughs> like Riverside, New Jersey or something? Riverside is uh, between Indio and LA. Is in California? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think there is a one in Jersey, though, too. Might be. Probably. Like, there's... Everyone recycles fucking city names. Riverside uh, Riverside Rocky. Was that Jose Cito Lopez or Luis Colazo? Jose Cito. Yeah, I think so. But Riverside Rocky... Zito. So you're tired? Yeah, I think so. I always liked him. He's a good fighter. Alright. That's gonna do it for recaps. Now, we got a busy weekend, which is good, I think. The Aztec invasion of the British Isles continues <laughs> with uh <laughs> Love that. The Manchester in Manchester we have uh Lara rematching Lee Wood. This is the WBA title. Um, on the undercard, worth mentioning Jack Catterall versus Dura Foley. Uh, Foley, you may remember from uh, Robbie Davies' ankle break fame. 
and Catterall from uh, beating Lee Wood fame. That's Catterall that beat Taylor, right? That's what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Help White Saw from Laywood. Oh, yeah, I'm a. I don't know where I, where the fuck I made that connection. <laughs> but in uh, Ireland, another featherweight title, the IBF this time, uh, Luis Venado Lopez versus Fuck You, Mickey Conlon. So something worth pointing out on this one is if you look at the IBF rankings, which I spent more time than I should have doing that, they don't use positions one or two. Very, very, very seldomly. So this Japanese fighter, Abe Rea, or Rea Abe when he's the western name configuration he's ranked he's the number one contender so ibf being who they are the winner's going to have to fight this this uh japanese fella but it's probably going to be luis lopez because i refuse to acknowledge any possibility of mickey conlon winning and that has zero basis in like firm objective reality i just don't like him all right in dorset okoli Defense quick turnaround defends his title against Chris Billum Smith, the number one contender for the WBO title. So, like the other two, because they're featherweight fights, I expect that uh, like top rank match room they're gonna have competing times time slots. I really hope that Okoli and uh, who's he with Boxer and Sky. They, that they staggered a little bit because otherwise no one's going to fucking watch Akoli. It's not going to happen. He's obviously successful, but uh, he's not very exciting to watch. No, not at all. I forgot Akoli was even a fighter. I He did, um, like, it plucked at my heartstring when when he first won the, his belt and in the post-fight interview they, like, they were talking about how he was homeless, working at a McDonald's, and and like that was he didn't really have it a whole lot going on for him and then he went to a boxing gym and they set him up so that's like that's really cool it's a really great story but uh man could you have not taught this guy to maybe knock people out a little more i don't know have like a personality or something (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah that's it for this weekend june 3rd is pretty light so that's the obviously the following weekend Wednesday, May 31st, is when ProBox should be having a Wednesday Night Fights, but mm-hmm. I don't see anything on their schedule, so I don't know, they might be skipping it. But still, they usually have it every two weeks. This is supposed to be the week that they do it. So keep an eye out for that if you like Club Kids. And on June 3rd, um, we talked about Ardriel Holmes a few weeks ago when he was on a Showbox. So he's he's back here against Wendy Toussaint and Wendy. I've never seen a man named Wendy before. A man named Wendy. Yeah, Ooh. Wendy Toussaint. So that's pretty cool, I guess. If you like uh, oddities, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, Ardrell Holmes, uh, 154 guy. He's uh, he's climbing up the ladder a bit. I think uh, RG, you put it best. Like when you see somebody on Showbox and they they do pretty decently. Just, you know, keep that name in the back of your mind because you're going to see them in 18 to 24 months. You'll start really seeing true. them on more cards. It is kind of crazy. Person that breakdown of like uh, on Showbox and then became world champions. It's like 80. Some of you wouldn't even expect, yeah, like Tyson Fury, you know, like uh, Andre Ward. Well, was it Fury uh, Cunningham, maybe? It was on Showbox or Fury Johnson. I don't know. One of the two. 
but yeah, just a shit ton of Tim Bradley, I think, Andre uh, Ward, Juan Manuel Marquez, I think, if not his brother, his Dude, brother. Devin Haney. Devin Haney was on Showbox when he was like nineteen. Errol Spence, another one. Yes, so yeah, uh, Ardrell Holmes at least is just somebody to keep an eye on. There ain't shit else going on that Saturday, so if you're a fucking degenerate and you need boxing in your life, you can join me, and I will be watching it. I'll try to find a way to watch it, because I don't see a broadcaster for it. Um, this is at the Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> I wrote that in one Michigan? Down. Yeah, I wrote that one down, because oh. <laughs> it's in Detroit. Yeah, but that's it as far as previews. Not a whole lot coming up in the next couple of weeks after the 27th but uh we'll try to try to highlight you know, anything that's even like moderate moderately relevant hold on a second hot tweet michael benson this actually takes oh. us into our outro uh so Usyk and daniel dubois is pretty much set i think they're negotiate they're they won the purse bid so their the contract negotiation is underway and it's going to be in poland that's, oh uh roklaw poland yeah what that's how they match that one random as fuck i think the idea is just close to ukraine yeah i was gonna say is it close to the ukrainian border i'm gonna guess yeah it's just allowed to have a uh, ukrainians come if they can so yeah that's happening in other heavyweight news uh tyson fury's talks seems to be starting to talk with uh francis Ngannou. that's fucking stupid uh and then john jones also said hey come to the come to the cage like tyson fury's gonna do that i don't think there's any dollar amount that you could give him that would get tyson fury into an mma cage oh never all right um speaking of mma this is one i wanted to point out as a little bit of a plug for Ultimate Fucking Casual. If you like MMA, we'll talk about that stuff over there. But, RG, you, you're a bit of an MMA guy as well. And Poirier Gaethje, that's announced for the 29th. Same day as Spence Crawford, unfortunately for me. But, any uh, first thoughts? Uh, I think it's a pretty good fight. I think it was probably inevitable at this point that they had to make that. Neither guy really kind of deserves a title shot. Both coming off wins. Uh, Gaethje be Russian dude for Eve. Where yeah. it'd be uh, in there, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. First fight was great. I, I, I pretty much think Poirier will win again. Oh, this is a rematch. Yeah, yeah. Oh. They fought in 2018, 2019, something like that. Poirier knocked him out. Uh, but Gaethje hurt him like a lot of times. That's, that's where Gaethje... He landed like that crazy ass like spin kick thing he does, where he just like yeah the <laughs> fucking like, cyclone hey. kick thing. Yeah, he like rolls into a ball like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog and like, <laughs> throws himself forward. One of the strangest things you ever see. So maybe we'll see that again. I just think Poirier's a lot smarter. I think he's better gas tank. And Gaethje you know, has he's... a lot of mileage in that in, in the intervening years. I think Poirier's just a lot better with counters. I think he'll do a lot of counters again and probably beat him. Bro, that whole card is pretty good, though. I can't yeah, think it of is. That. I know Blahovic Piera. I think that's the co main. That's a really good fight. I'm surprised Piera is back so soon. But, yeah, and, uh, yeah, something that I had asked on. Uh, His choice. Like, he, on, I asked on the Ultimate Casuals, like, he's. So he lost to Adesanya. He lost his title, and he moves up, and he's ranked number one versus the number three guy. I don't. 
I'm not sure how this happens. Yeah, it's a little strange. I guess the logic is a former strong. The thing with the UFC rankings is they don't make any sense. They clearly made up. Like, McGregor was in the lightweight rankings for, like, years without a win. <laughs> oh, so it's like money, money rankings. Yeah. It's just nonsense. It's just what they want, want yeah. it to look like. Like, oh my gosh, the number one versus the number three guy. You know, it's like they, they made those rankings like that morning. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really like, what it seems like. Pound for pound in boxing is stupid, but at least it's like everyone has their own. Dude, the UFC has like an official pound for pound, and it's always so dog shit. You know what I mean? It's always so bad. The fact that they even like try to present those lists as legitimate is just disgusting. Yeah, that's why the only pound for pound lists you can trust are on LVXEntertainment.net. Be sure to check. <laughs> Be sure to check the best those out. Best. <laughs> that was a sick plugin. Yeah, absolutely. The only list you can trust. It's the only voice in this crazy combat sports world that you can trust. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the 29th, Spence Crawford, finally, 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 it's happening. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay f***ing down! Uh, everyone is, like, on board with this, it's official, none of this, like, oh, uh, talks are going well, or other, you know, fluffy nonsense. Like, this is, it's legit. Showtime, already announced the pay-per-view i don't know what the what how they're relevant to it but blk prime went from having like eight followers or on twitter to like six thousand in a matter of like a day so that's pretty cool for them i guess and let's get some immediate thoughts drip kick us off here with like spence crawford what are we looking at what are you thinking what are you feeling oh spence all the way i'm trying to think of like um <clears throat> uh, like a catchy name for the spencer's crawford <clears throat> teams, but Spence all the way. Honestly, I think he'll just dismantle Crawford. RG, are you uh, riding with Spence as well? or? Um, I mean, at this point, I feel like you kind of have to hope Spence wins because he's just like a much more fun to follow fighter. He, I mean, he's had a lot of breaks in his career because of unfortunate circumstances, but he doesn't really have a lot of bullshit fights since he became a champion and Crawford has like almost exclusively bullshit fights. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you put like a gun to my head, I'll probably pick Crawford, to be honest with you. I mean, I could say either. Gonna, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna like jaw on the floor if Spence if Spence wins. But yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm just watching them both. I'm kind of always just thought Crawford get the better of him. If it ever. Just to be fair, I mean, I guess Crawford's more older. Go that that route. He's 35. I'm not sure when his birthday is. Uh-huh. I'm still be 35 for the. I think he's 36 actually. Yeah, I think he's 36, and his birthday's in uh, was, September. Well, the good thing about that, he was never like a freak speed guy. Never guy was oh my, he's just blindingly fast. Like that was never really the thing. It was always about timing and like shot selection. And I don't really yeah. think that's the climb. Should be a great fight. I mean, we'll hope, presumably we'll get two of them. So yeah, I think the word on the street is that it's a rematch clause for both guys. So it's a guaranteed second. Yeah. Definitely a banger. Yeah, that overshadows unfortunately my guy Stephen Fulton and in a way on the twenty second. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunate. they, kinda... they stole the thunder from from uh, Cool Boy and Inoue. But another one that's been officially announced finally is uh, Callum Smith gets the challenge for the W. He's the WBC content number one contender challenging Arthur Betterbeev. This is going to be in uh, Quebec City. We were ta- Drip and I were talking about this before we started, and like, just how much do we rate Callum Smith's chances? Uh, he seems to be a little bit more hopeful than I am. Yeah, I think 
I mean, ultimately, I'm still gonna give it to better BF. Yeah. But just how I long think... does Callum Smith survive? I don't know, dude. Because I feel like after his Canal performance, he definitely got a little better. It looks like because his Canal performance was piss poor. If you remember that, that was yeah. just bad. Twelve round beating all around. So I don't know. I think better BF probably stops him like championship rounds, mm. ten or eleven. RG, any uh, immediate reactions? Better be of Callum Smith. No, not really. Hopefully, it's it, you know somewhat as fun to watch as Yard was. That was pretty fun. That Yard was a fun fight. fight to yeah, watch. it was. Yeah, it was. Hopefully, Smith has some of that dog and can at least make it interesting to watch before it all comes down. Yeah, Callum Smith needs some lines in this camp. Uh, <laughs> I think he, that's. Yeah, though it's like Canelo, like just made him put the shell out like hour or so. I have to imagine something similar would probably happen with Chavia. Um. All right. I think that's all the news that we got on the back end. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it. Uh, I'm gonna spare everyone the plugs. I'm gonna have my homegirls outro take care of all that. So, gentlemen, parting words. Every day's got a back Tuesday. Facts. I second that. All right. Yeah. Get a bag Tuesday and fuck Tyson Fury. All right. <laughs> That's the uh, the official LVX entertainment position. All right, boys. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. All right. Peace. There you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.